0: Hi everybody and welcome to the newest edition of the friendly confines alongside Chad Gordon as always this is Ryan Lieber and what a week it was for the Cubs going five and two this week taking two or three from the Phillies Chad that lead in the NL Central is starting to become a little less nerve wracking for uh, folks around the uh, friendly confines so to speak. Uh, How you doing buddy?
1: I'm good. And I mean, th- you know, we talked about this before. We're, we're in the midst of this 23 straight game stretch. And the team, I had said anything less than 16 wins out of 23 was going to be a, a failure. We're on track actually to surpass that um, fantastic week. The team has showed me a lot and, and it really lends itself to the theory, this ongoing theory I keep saying about how Joe keeps his foot, Off the 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 gas pedal, so to speak, and lets people kind of get into their own. It's not about winning June. It's about peaking at the right time, and this team is peaking at the right time.
0: We got a great show as always for you guys, and uh, a great guest. We have Gary Miller, formerly of ESPN Sports Center, Baseball Tonight.
1: Yeah, did a legend
0: once upon a time. Now legend working at WKRC in Cincinnati as the main sports anchor there. Um, and Gary's given us a few minutes on the program today, talking love about it. all things Cubs. He's a diehard Cubs fan, born and raised in Chicago. And, uh, as we always like to, uh, have our guests, if they can be Southern Illinois university graduates, <laughs> and, uh, Gary is no exception. 1978. Uh, he is the class. I up. love it. And, uh, I love yeah, it. yeah, it was, it was kind of cool how it all came about, uh, basically, we were supposed to have Dave Wilotion this week. He's going to come on a later show at another time. Um, he apologized, but we were able to nab Gary. It couldn't have worked out better. And it really. So, is. Uh, we're excited to talk to him. In this we're,
1: we're getting such good, great guests, Ryan, and I. You know, I, I welcome all of our listeners. So I, we we're, we're doing. The, the number of listeners. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. But please make sure you as well you join our Friendly Confines Cubs, uh, Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page, um, because we do look for feedback there. Let us know who we should go after. Last week we had Dave Kaplan. Uh, week before we um, we've got a guy literally walking off the Sports Center set, and then this week we have one of the legends of like the just the golden age of of, of Sports Center and Gary Miller. So good on you, Ryan, for lining that up. So let's dig into this. So let's talk about it. And so the week is, is, is wrapping up. We're looking ahead to this next week. We still have several games uh, in a row before a day off. This series against the Phillies, talk about a team that's fighting for their playoff life, just a couple games behind Atlanta, who the Cubs played on Thursday and won. Ryan, how important was this series win this weekend?
0: Well, it was huge. I mean, it was huge for a bunch of reasons. One, because the Phillies are a team that's, you know, trying to vie for a postseason spot, possibly get that, Uh, last playoff uh, berth to potentially play in that one-game playoff. They're still not completely out of the NL East race either. I mean, the Braves are starting to kind of lengthen their lead, but the Phillies are right there. And, you know, this is a team that uh, certainly everybody was kind of pointing to is maybe this was the year the Phillies were going to break out with that young roster. They go out, they get Jake Arrieta in the offseason. He's been pitching pretty well. Aaron Nola, who the Cubs beat today, who is uh, possibly, you know, going to win the Cy Young Award this year. Him and Max Scherzer are probably the two top pitchers in the National League this year. So this was great. And not only was it a great series, I mean, the Cubs really came to play offensively. I mean, they just, the bats really just absolutely looked amazing right now. Um, And and it was great to see with Rizzo and Baez. um, They they really just were lighting it out of the park today. And In addition, John Lester with another amazing performance. uh, Still, you know, going that six solid innings. I'd like to see him go longer, but obviously that's not on Les. That's on on Skip there to, you know, see how long he wants his pitchers to go. But just an overall quality win. Good series. And again, Chad, you know, as we always say they got to beat the good teams. Uh, it's yeah. important to win the games you're supposed to win, but when you're beating the teams that are in the playoff race, on the road no less, um, yeah. the Cubs are going to have a lot of road games this coming week. Uh, this this is an important series, especially against a team that could potentially uh, make the postseason.
1: Yeah, you know, to, to outscore the Phils uh, 15-2 to on the Saturday and Sunday, I'm okay with the Friday loss. I, I'm kind of weird that way. I actually love a two-to-one win. I I don't mind a a, a one-to-two loss. It just shows there was a pitching duel and there was a lot of great offense. And We've had some instances, we've talked about this in in podcasts past, about feast or famine, and we've seen bits and pieces of that. But to outscore a team that is literally fighting for their their playoff lives, um, outscoring them 15-to-two, is is really looking up, and so let's take it. Let's like take a look a little bit further back. This is a Cubs team that has not lost a series since July, since losing uh, two out of three games in uh, on the road, rather in, in St. Louis. So, have they won every series in, in August? No, but they've split a lot of series against some great teams. Um, this last week really showed me something because to go and have to play that kind of weird, kind of fractured doubleheader on Wednesday because of the rain with the Mets on Tuesday to win that first. Game lose the second one, go to Atlanta, who's also again they're leading the East against the Phillies to win that game. Um, and all of this coming off of uh, um, that four game sweep against the Reds. Talk about peaking at the right time, right place. This team is uh, is really positioned for fall baseball. They
0: are 10 and 1 right now, uh, since they have gotten Daniel Murphy, and that is oh, such yeah. an amazing stat that, um, I know you know we've talked a little bit about in. Uh, the last week or so since Murphy's been a part of this team, he homered again on Sunday. I mean, this guy has just been nothing short of fantastic. What an amazing pickup for the Cubs to to get Daniel Murphy, to get Cole Hamels. I mean, yeah. the Cubs won the deadline deals this year uh, when it came to these, uh, you know, just division running uh, trade deadline moves. Yeah. I mean, they have just been... Unbelievable uh, with what they have been able to do and outmaneuver every other team for two players that are going to be just so important uh, down the stretch and in the postseason yeah. this year.
1: And Ryan, I, I said it last week. I mean, if, if this goes to, to, you know, if, if, if the team goes into the postseason and 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 represents itself well, wins another uh, a division title, which right now the the you know the arrow is pointing up for that. The the Murphy and the Hamels trade will go down as a waiver wire you know Hall of Fame sort of acquisition. Uh, kudos to Jed and uh, and 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 to Theo. All right, let's move on to the second inning now, and it's the return. Of- Welcome
0: of course, back. Talked a lot about him. on on this program, and uh, I was one to say that maybe it wasn't the worst idea in the world to shut Chris down for the rest of the year if he wasn't going to be 100%. But uh, so far, he's come back. He's gotten a hit in every game that he's played in. Uh, And, you know, he looked pretty good. He was two for four on Saturday, one for three on Sunday. Uh, Looked pretty good in Iowa. And um, while some people are saying he's probably not going to be MVP, Chris Bryant, he's still going to be a pretty uh, solid and serviceable player for this team uh, as we play the final month of the season. So, Chad, my question to you is the obvious one. What are your initial thoughts of seeing Chris Bryant back in the You lineup? know, we disagreed
1: on this, and we're going to do that from time to time. I, you know, it, Chris Bryant at, at 70%, Chris Bryant at 77%. You want Chris Bryant on your team uh, if you 're worried about you know something uh, long standing some sort of injury that's going to be debilitating into the career and into his future, then yeah shut him down, but I think you're got you've got a guy that 's dealing with a, a shoulder thing and he 's working through it he 's changed up his swing a little bit. The numbers speak for themselves for, for him to come in and have three hits in the first two games back. What I loved about it, and this is the thing that I think um, and I, I saw this online described as an embarrassment of riches right now Joe Madden has the ability to start Chris Bryant in the outfield, have David Bodie be at third base. And then later on, once the lead is in place, bring Bryant down to third, have Addy come in as a defensive replacement at shortstop, um, move around all the different pieces of the puzzle. Uh, I think that I'm so glad to see uh, Chris back because he is a guy that has respect from the league. He's a guy that when he is up to bat he has the ability to yank one out or, or have a big hit and defensively he is he is uh, he's an upgrade over schwarber um and he's as steady as they come at third base so for me, this is a great great um uh opportunity for him to come in at the right time at the right place and to give Joe just every option. What do you think
0: yeah I mean and I'm not under um you know, I, listen, I think you made a great point. David Kaplan pointed this out as well, and you mentioned the left field, is that Kyle Schwarber and Gary Miller actually gets into this a little bit too, that Kyle Schwarber clearly is, is not playing well this year offensively. Uh, he's just not hit his groove, uh, just continues to struggle at the plate from, a, you know, an average standpoint. And maybe it's, it's the move to keep David Bodie at third base and stick Chris Bryant in left field. And maybe that's what the move is to go for the rest of the year. Um, I'm not opposed to that at all. I think Chris Bryant's pretty comfortable in the outfield. Yeah. He can play that position pretty solidly. And, you know, you got a guy in Bodie who obviously has proven himself day in and day out since he's been, you know, called up from the AAA level in Iowa. Um, I, I think that's maybe the, the move to make. And I think, you know what? If Bryant can, like you said, at least even be 75% of what he was. He's still one of the better players on this team. He's still somebody that's going to be able to contribute. And even if he's not hitting the ball out of the park, even if he's a guy who's going to be hitting singles and just getting on base for that matter and still can supply, you know, decent defensive play, um, then you know what? I'll change my tune with that. I have an opportunity to change my mind here. I can admit when I'm wrong (laughs) um, and I'd like to see Chris Bryant, uh, you know, hopefully, play a little more and maybe we see him more in the outfield uh, as opposed to in the infield. What, what do you think about that? Well, I,
1: I just love the flexibility and we saw it on the Sunday game where, where Joe could have him in the outfield, have him in the infield, swap him around as needed. You know, I see him, him as somebody that, that has the flexibility and the, the versatility rather to be able to, to uh, play at third base, let, let Kyle play in the outfield, play in the outfield, let Bodie play at third base. This just gives Joe another weapon. Um, and, and at this point, this is exactly what you need down the stretch. You need people to stay fresh. Again, we're in the midst of a 23 game stretch without any uh, days off. This is exactly what the doctor ordered. And I, I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, um, a Chris Bryant penciled in the starting lineup the rest of the way through with some days off here and there is going to be uh, exactly what the Cubs need. And, uh, and he is, uh, for me, he could be, if he turns it on, he has the ability to be the X factor. All right, moving on to the third inning, and it's a little related to the previous inning. You know, we're talking about you know, you made a really valid point. If if Chris Bryant's not going to be your power guy, that's that's an issue, but it's not an issue if your second baseman slash short second baseman slash super defensive utility player Javi Baez is going to hit thirty plus home runs. So let's let's through the end of last week, Javi Baez is sitting at thirty home runs. 100 RBIs, he's batting 300, and he has more than 20 stolen bases. If you just take the home runs, the RBIs, and the stolen bases, only one Cubs middle infielder has ever done that in the history for the Cubs, Ryan Sandberg. Ryan, is Avi Baez the National League MVP, and how important has he been to this team this year? Well, he's been the most important player on the
0: team this year as far as I'm concerned. I know you. know we can talk about the job that Ben Zobrist has done this year among some of the other like you know players that have stepped up in the absence of Chris Bryant this year and maybe not Anthony Rizzo having one of the best years that he's had in the past but Javi Baez, for my money, he's the National League MVP. I know some folks yeah. are talking about Nolan Arenado with the Colorado Rockies. They're talking about Matt Carpenter with the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. They're talking about uh, Paul Goldschmidt with the Arizona Diamondbacks. But none of these guys are putting up and leading a team, you know, I know the Cubs are an easy team to look at and say, well, they're so talented. They have so many great players. But you know what? At the end of the day, the Cubs have had injuries. The Cubs have had players that have not played very well this year. And, yeah. and you know, Javi has really been the one guy that has kept this team afloat throughout the entire year um, that Joe has been able to rely on. He is putting up numbers that we have not seen, like you said, since Ryan Sandberg and prior to that since Ernie Banks. For an infielder for that matter. So it is just it, it is beyond me how he is not getting more national talk right now yeah. as being the MVP, because as far as I'm concerned, it's a hands down, it's a it's absolutely a no brainer as far as I'm concerned that Javi Baez should be the MVP of the National League. He has shown everybody that he can do it both offensively and defensively um, and has better numbers, in my opinion, overall and is a team with a better record than the other players that I previously just mentioned.
1: Yeah. When you, you know, when you take a Rizzo and, and his production is really ticked up in a great way, he's, he's on fire this last month, but you take Brian out of the equation and you have some of the, the unknowns, you know, uh, uh, Wilson Contreras has not been um, the offensive force. He's been in the past. Hobby is absolutely the leader of this team. And he is, I think the most valuable player in the national league. And here's why I think that's the case. We've talked about the statistics but also, most of the statistics, statistics when you look at it from an MVP standpoint is around offense. This guy has measurables and the immeasurables of, of defense. And let's not even talk about him on the base pass because that is an offensive stat. But from a defensive standpoint, he gets to more balls, he makes more plays, he has such great smarts. You know, what I love about this is he's just a few seasons in, right? He, I think, I think Sunday was his 500th game. He's had a little more than 500 at-bats. And this year, he's got about four and a half war, um, which is incredible. That is an MVP number. He is definitely in the discussion. If everything holds true right now, we may be looking at a 30-30 guy, which is pretty rare in this day and age, but there's a really good chance we're going to see 40 home runs out of Javi. If he goes on a little bit of a tear this last month, I won't put that past him. So I can really see him finishing with with 38 to 42 home runs and 120, 130 RBIs. Though that's MVP numbers. And then you put his defense on it. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I think we're on the same page with this one. I, I don't see why uh, that the voters, when this season is over, I, I've even seen some articles that are saying that Max Scherzer should win the MVP, which I That's a head-scratcher as far as I'm concerned. Max Scherzer for Cy Young, absolutely. For him to have the MVP as well, considering A, the Nationals are a terrible team this year. They're mediocre at best. And two, when you have a guy, multiple candidates who are easily uh, in a better position than Max Scherzer for the MVP. And Javi, in my opinion, like I was saying before, uh, it's it's absolutely ludicrous if if he does not win it. I I would find this to, to be just ridiculous if if he does not win uh the mvp when it's all said and done all right
1: one thing one thing that i'll say ryan if i if i can um you know if i'm looking beyond i wasn't putting Scherzer into the mix but you know matt carpenter from an offensive standpoint from when that team started to turn around for the cardinals i can absolutely put him in the top five equation and right now what's happening with Kristen yelich in uh for the brewers Really, great candidates, but if Javi Baez with all the injuries, I mean we can go through all of the injuries that the Cubs have faced from losing Bryant to not to losing you darvish to losing uh, Morrow um the fact that 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 they're leading the division and they're they're the best team in the national league, that has to have some some credence there, so right now it for me it's Javi Baez and everybody else all right,
0: fourth inning now, and with the Cubs win on Sunday, the magic number trims down to twenty one Chad. Uh, Now the the magic number game is something that back in the day before there were three divisions, maybe played a little bit more of a bigger role because teams were clinching the divisions uh, much sooner in the month of September. However, now with less teams in the division, you now have three divisions and the wild card obviously plays a bigger role. Um, The magic number sometimes is clinched on the last day of the year. Um, But right now with the Cubs holding a five-game lead going into this week, is it a little too early, Chad, to say the magic numbers?
1: No, absolutely not. In fact, it is one of my favorite traditions, well, dating back to – uh, 2015 when, uh, when we had to actually have a clinching magic number of just getting in. That was that incredible 100 wins, 97 wins, 98 wins National League Central in, in 2015. I love putting the magic number. I actually started it on Saturday. I started it with Derek Lee's picture. And now today, here we are, Sunday night, it's at 21. Sammy Sosa is, is the number for the magic number. I don't believe... So what I'll say is I've had a couple people like, don't do that. You're going to jinx it. But listen, I don't believe in jinxes. I don't believe in curses. I don't believe in talking about a magic number is going to have any any significant impact at, at all on what's going on in the field. It's exciting because right now we're we are from a baseball fan perspective we're looking at at these next couple of weeks this could make or break if the cubs go on some tremendous run and the the brewers and the and, and, the, and they are in a tremendous run but then the brewers and the and the, and the cardinals start to falter that magic number is going to get lower and lower right now so 21 with with a month left to play a little less than a month uh, this is the time Um, What do you think? Do you think it's a little too early to start talking about this? No, listen, I think it's fun. I don't think there's any reason. I mean,
0: just because their magic number is at 21, it doesn't mean it's going to be a curse or a jinx if uh, you or anybody else starts to talk about it. The the bottom line is that is what the magic number is. And, you know, they got to get there, right? That's the way they're going to make the postseason is if there's any sort of combination of 21 wins, losses by the Cubs and the Brewers and the Cardinals, Losing and then the Cubs winning those games. So I I don't have any issue with that. The Cubs are really going to have to prove their worth now because they finish up the season against the Cardinals. They're going to play the Brewers uh, a few times as uh, we wind down the season. So I don't have an issue with it. Um, The only issue I think the Cubs have, Chad, is you posting a photo of Sammy Sosa, who they do not recognize. So as far as they're concerned, maybe you needed to find another guy who wore 21 once upon a time for the Chicago.
1: Cubs. Well, um, I, I will say there are other guys and I could have put other guys on there. So if Tom is listening and I, my, my assumption at some point, Tom Ricketts is going to find this podcast, Tom, you know, it's, it's a proud man and it's, it's one of the greatest athletes and performers and, and a guy, one of two guys that saved baseball. Um, the egos have to be put aside and, an olive branch has to be extended and they've got to get their people on this. It's not necessary right now because the team has got these new superstars and they can, they can turn away from it and they can act like the nineties never happened. And Sammy and McGuire never happened. I disagree. That was some of the most exciting times for Cubs baseball. That was a guy that, that threw his heart and soul. This is a, this is an inning topic for another time. So I got, very, you just triggered me, Ryan. Yeah, I was going to say Sosa, Sammy Sosa is, uh, is on my all century Cubs team. He's on my all time favorite team. He is one of my absolute favorite players. That guy was a performer, and that guy did something over those three 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 uh seasons where he had 60 plus home runs that nobody will ever do again. I love Sammy Sosa and I loved his energy. We so are gonna, I disagree. I'm glad he's up there. We are gonna put we are gonna put that as a topic for another. Put show a pin in there. That. Sure. Absolutely. Right. That's right. All right. Well, let's move on. And you know, we've had a lot of positives. The first couple innings have been very positive. This is a negative, but let me let me like do a little, you know backward step and just talk about how remember in 2017 Ryan where there were some rumblings and rumblings where people said man you know if, if Hayward got hurt it wouldn't be too bad because we've got all these other guys that we could fit in there um, that's not the case anymore um, I am all in on Jason Hayward and I actually thought early in the season he was the guy that was going to be the surprise and he has been if you look at the guy who's been actually an MVP from the standpoint of because he found his stroke at the plate Um, He is such a valuable part of this team, and he's a big reason why the other players have been able to falter a little bit. I am incredibly concerned. He's a big guy. He's got big muscles. And when you're talking about a hamstring, him going on the DL for 10 days, because he could have just sat out and, and then got through to the roster expansion. Him being on a 10-day DL lets me know this is a serious situation. How concerned are you, Ryan, about Hayward and his, his, his uh, strain? Yeah, we get into this
0: with uh, Gary Miller uh, in our seventh-inning stretch uh, conductor interview. But, um, you know, listen, we you, you and I have talked about Jay Hay on this show uh, multiple times just how impressed we are with him, how much of kind of an unsung hero he has been for this team. Um, He's really gotten his average up. He's been, you know, hovering around the 280 mark all year long. Defensively, it's never been an issue. He's, if not the top defensive outfielder in baseball. The uh, best, yeah. And and he's such an incredible player with an incredible arm that, you know, listen, I I do think that this is a little bit of a big deal. Um, I think that the Cubs can – you know, afford to maybe lose him for a week or so, but long-term, uh, you know, I think that can have a, a major, uh, you know, issue for this team defensively. I think Hayward, you know, it's interesting. Hayward anchors that uh, that outfield, yeah. right? I mean, he does. Yeah. He's kind of the guy who, you know, sets the tone defensively um, for that whole outfield because the Cubs, obviously, other than Hayward, don't have a set outfield every day, right? Yeah. It could be Elmora, it could be Happ, it could yeah. be... Schwarber, you know, I mean, all those guys kind of play a different role each game, and you know, Hayward's really the one guy that we know is going to be manning right field, so when you don't have that consistency of that, you know, defensive anchor um, that's going to be playing every day, yeah, I think that's going to get some getting used to, but I think for now, I think over the next course of the next week, I think the Cubs can survive without him. I hope that hamstring, like you said, he's a big guy, hopefully he's able to kind of rehab back and bounce back from it and be able to you know, come back to form with a couple of weeks left in the season. But if he's got to sit out a couple of weeks, um, you know what? This gives Madden some flexibility to put Zobrist out there, to put Elmore out there, to put Hap out there and Schwarber and kind of mix and match with who he wants to do, uh, you know, what he pleases with. And then you got the September call-ups too. So, you know what? Maybe this is an opportunity for Hayward to rest up a little bit, get ready for the playoffs uh, if the Cubs end up, you know, clinching the division and moving on to the NLDS. So this could be a blessing in disguise at the same time.
1: Well, I mean, that that's saying that it, it it's a rest situation. The thing that concerns me the most is this is a DL situation. So this is a potential strain. I'm all for rest and getting him as breather. But the last seven games before he went out, he was batting 385. And he, what I love about his defense is he shortens the field. He allows when Schwarber's playing left field, Hayward and Almora take Seventy percent of that outfield, and then Schwarber has a much smaller slice of that pie. Same thing with the other outfields. That's gone. And for this team to make a deep run, you wouldn't have said it last year, but I'm going to say it right now. Jason Hayward needs to be a big part of it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You're you're absolutely right. He's he's definitely um, you know extremely important for this team in the postseason. Um, I think this is going to make Albert Elmore's job a little more difficult. I think he's going to have to be kind of a guy that Joe relies on because he's kind of the other guy who can cover a lot of ground um, when he plays center field. So I, I feel like it's going to probably force him to, to put Elmora more in center field for the next few games while Hayward's out. At least that's okay. what I would assume to do. But, um, you know, you're right. I, I don't think this is a, a good injury at all, and no injuries are good, but some you can survive a little longer uh, without them. But, look, Chad, I will say this. I didn't think the Cubs would play as well as they did without Chris Bryant and they played even better than anybody could have expected. So um, I, I feel like they can do the same thing without Jason Hayward. All right, let's move on to the sixth inning now. And uh, as we mentioned, the Cubs certainly playing unbelievable right now. They're getting some strong pitching performances from all of their starters uh, Sunday, John Lester, once again, going out there and winning and Jose Contana having a nice outing on Saturday, Kyle Hendricks has been pitching well, even though, uh, you know, he had an up and down year. He's coming down the stretch pitching really well. And now we're seeing Cole Hamels, who, man, I hope he can continue to pitch the way that he is. Certainly it's hard to say that he would be able to do that uh, the way that he is, but so far so good. So Chad, I, I say to you right now, is there a better rotation right now in baseball than the Chicago Cubs starting five? a rotation that in the beginning of the year had a lot of question marks yeah. and all those question marks are seemingly starting to become answered as we move towards the postseason.
1: I, I go back to my theory that, that you just, you, 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 you don't put the foot on the gas until it matters. And right now it matters. And all of the pitchers, really this last swing through the rotation has been incredibly strong You know, Lester pitched a a tremendous game. Um, Hendricks, uh, Hamels. I'm waiting for a rough Hamels start. Maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe this is going to be one of those stories of your. Mike Montgomery came in and in the six man rotation in the past week, it pitched a very uh, strong game, and he's going to be the guy that's going to make the five man rotation. Alec Mills back down to to Iowa. This is such a strong lineup. This is a confident lineup, and this is a this is a confident lineup. If the Cubs score runs, I, I, I I'm betting it all. On on uh, on this starting rotation right now, I don't know where the weak spot is.
0: We are happy to have with us here on the Friendly Confines the sports anchor from WKRC in Cincinnati, former ESPN Sports Center and Baseball Tonight host, and more importantly, he is a Southern Illinois Saluki graduate. Please welcome <laughs> to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It's Gary Miller. Gary, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Ryan and Chad.
2: Hey, It's good to be in these friendly confines. And yes, that is the most important thing. Carbondale Saluki forever.
0: We, we will always have a special bond, Gary and I, uh, after a weekend of uh, fun in Carbondale back in 1997. It's hard to believe, Gary, that was uh, over 20 years ago. I
2: was
0: uh, <laughs> yes. a 21-year-old kid back then. I'm now an old man myself. So uh, in fact, it's kind of funny because I think I was the same age. I'm the same age now that you were when you came back to Carbondale. So how is that for perspective?
2: Wow. Yeah. no, it's I remember it vividly, but it has been a while now. It's 97. uh, You you can follow Gary at Local uh, 12.
0: uh, And uh, Gary is the, uh, as I mentioned, sports anchor at uh, CBS 12. It's at Local 12 Gary. At Local 12 Gary. I can get that out of my mouth there. At WKRC in Cincinnati. All right, Gary, let's get into this. Uh, The Cubs right now in first place, playing the Phillies this weekend, uh, Chris Bryant back in the lineup after, uh, you know, with the shoulder inflammation, do you expect Bryant to kind of be able to recapture that, uh, that magic touch that he's had over the past couple of years and really reinvigorate uh, the offense even more down the stretch here in September?
2: I think he's going to help. I, I don't expect him to be, you know, the, the top of the line, Chris Bryant that we're used to. Um, but I think he's that's been a big missing piece for a while. I think the Murphy acquisition really uh, modified a lot of that and helped. That was a huge pickup uh, to sort of get him through another week without Chris Bryant. I don't expect him to be MVP Chris Bryant, but I think it's going to add a lot. And I think it's a piece they needed once we get to playoff time.
0: Obviously, this
2: roster is so deep there. Uh, they have so many pieces that they can uh, put,
0: you know, in and out of the lineup and Madden, you know, certainly makes the most of it. And one of the things that he has now is he can kind of play around with his infield, with all of the moving parts, as you mentioned, now they got Murphy in the lineup, but in your mind, if you were able to kind of pick the infield you would want now that Addie Russell also is going to be coming back, is there a set lineup that you think makes the Cubs look better if they had an everyday lineup in that infield that you would, uh, potentially put in on a day in and day out basis?
2: Well, for me I got especially in the playoffs, I've gotta get Murphy in the lineup. Um with, which probably means moving Bryant to the outfield and then you gotta decide. You know, thankfully I don't know about thankfully, but Hayward's on the disabled list right now, which alleviates one of those overcrowding issues. But and I don't know if Schwarber can play right or not, but um I think that would be ideal, especially offensively. We are talking
0: to Gary Miller.
2: He is the uh, sports anchor at
0: Local 12, the CBS affiliate in Cincinnati, WKRC. You can follow Gary at Local 12 Gary. He's a good follow on Twitter, now covering the uh, Cincinnati Reds, the Bengals, among other teams. But Gary's a Chicago native, a diehard Cubs fan, uh, taking a few minutes here with us on the friendly confines. All right, Gary, um, the NL Central race, it's starting to get a little tighter than I think we all initially thought. Uh, The Cardinals, really just playing some great baseball now that Mike Schiltz is their new permanent manager. Uh, the Brewers are still right there. Do you expect this to really just come down to the last couple of days of the season? The Cubs do finish the year against St. Louis at Wrigley. Is this going to be one of those series, as you think that could determine the NL central either way, or you think the Cubs eventually are going to be able to pull away and it's not going to be an issue.
2: I, you know, it's hard when you've lived your whole life as a Cub fan until, you know, 2016, expecting just imminent disaster. But um, so I don't want to appear overconfident because that's not the nature of a Cubs fan. But I don't have a lot of doubt about them winning the Central. Um, I do think the Cards and Brewers are tremendously improved and have made some good moves. But I think the Cubs just have too much veteran present. The Cards are relying on an awful lot of young guys. I know it's worked out well for them since they made the managerial change. And the Brewers were just here in Cincinnati. And, man, they can hit. I don't know how much Gio Gonzalez is going to help them. Uh, you know, I think that all of them have pitching flaws. I think St. Louis may have the best pitching in the long term because um, I like a lot of their young pitchers. But when you get down to crunch time and playoff games, and you know, playing at Wrigley in the heat of a pennant race and the place is going up for grabs, um, I don't know how great some of those young pitchers are going to respond to that. But uh, I think the Cubs' offense will ever, is better than St. Louis's. And I think the thing I fear most about Milwaukee is that offense, especially Christian Yelich and, and Kane have been big additions for them. And Shaw is starting to hit now. And so I think it's really if, if Hamels can keep pitching the way he is, which is kind of expecting way too much. Um, and I think the biggest issue for the, the Cubs is get the bullpen straightened out. I, I still That's been a problem all year long. And I, I don't really see the solution in, in what they've done.
0: We're talking with Gary Miller. He's the sports anchor at WKRC in Cincinnati, taking a few minutes with us here on the Friendly confines. Uh, someone that uh, we have known for a very long time. He's uh, a Saluki as well. Longtime uh, Chicago native, grew up, born and raised in the Naperville area, if I remember that correctly. And, That's correct. Uh, diehard Cubs fan, and uh, taking a few minutes. It's always a pleasure to to have some time to catch up with Gary. So, Gary, with that being said, we talked about the NL Central. Let's look outside. Um, the Central, just the National League as a whole. Are the Cubs, in your opinion, still the team to beat, or are there any teams that concern you um, come postseason time that the Cubs could have some major issues with?
2: Well, always the Dodgers. I mean, right now I'm expecting it to be the third straight year of these two teams meeting in the NLCS, so I think it's imperative that the Cubs get home field because we saw what happened last year. Um, I I just, they they scare me. Uh, I don't think Jensen's going to be as bad as he's been Uh, Since he came back from the heart condition, um, and they just added Morrow, so it's they they're as deep as the Cubs. I mean, they have quality guys that can't even make their starting lineup. Turner's back. You know, I think I have the same fears that I've had the last couple of years when when they met in the NLCS, and I think that's the team to beat. Right now,
0: Jason Hayward just went down. He's going to be out for at least a couple of games. Is that going to have a major impact, do you think, for this team defensively um, or even offensively? Where where do you stand on that right now? Or is that something that you think, uh, because of the
2: depth of this this team, it's not going to be an an issue right now? I think he's become, you know, despite his great first half in which he started to look like, his Atlanta and early Cardinal days. uh, You know, he's coming back to earth and his average has dropped about 60 points in the last month or so. So I don't think offensively he's a huge upgrade, but I think much like Addison Russell, you know, we talked earlier about the what would be the ideal infield. You know, the other option is to start by as a short and put Murphy at second and Brian third and then bring Russell in for defense um, late in the game. Same thing for, I feel, with Hayward. And I, I just feel like um, center field, they're, they're much better off uh, playing um, – God, I keep saying Alomar in my head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's an easy, it's
2: an easy uh,
0: mistake. I know. I know. It's so true. Uh,
2: But they, um, I feel like they're much better that way. And I, you know, I'm a little concerned about Schwarber. He's really just not clicked uh, at any point this year where he got into a stretch where he hit like four or five in a week. And uh, I'm just kind of concerned about his ability to make a major impact when we get to these games where, you know, you one and you're out. Uh, you know they gotta they gotta win probably at least one game at Dodger Stadium or at Arizona or uh, at Atlanta. You know, so I I really feel like I want to see the old Kyle Schwarber show up one of these days.
0: He was such a huge uh, factor for that team in the 2016 World Series. And you're right, he's he's been very inconsistent uh, so far this year. Just hasn't hit his stride uh, from an average standpoint for sure. Uh, we're talking with Gary Miller. He's the sports anchor at WKRC in Cincinnati. Uh, you can uh, follow Gary on Twitter. Uh, it's at local 12 Gary is his Twitter handle. And uh, Gary, obviously, a longtime Chicago Cub fan. So, Gary, I think you kind of alluded to it in an earlier question, but if you saw um, a fear that you had in this team um, going into the postseason, what would that be?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's the bullpen, definitely. Uh, I just there's not a lights out guy like 2016. In fact, 16. You had two of them. You had a setup man that you could always count on. You know Edwards has been really wild this year. He's been hard to hit, but he's walking too many guys. And Strope has been incredibly inconsistent. Uh, They've had injury issues. I just I think that could be a real Achilles' heel. Uh, come the postseason, and th- those kind of losses kill you when, you when your bullpen gives it up. The only saving grace is St. Louis isn't very good either, and the Dodgers is in turmoil uh, since Jansen has come back with a shadow of himself since he went out. And and the Braves have kind of the same problem St. Louis does. It's They're kind of a lot of young guys to, that could uh, wilt under the October uh, spotlight.
0: Gary Miller, sports anchor, WKRC in Cincinnati, taking a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines. He is our seventh inning stretch uh, special conductor this week. Uh, Gary, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines here in the seventh inning. Please come back again. We'd love to have you on during the postseason run if you're able to. Uh, Always great to talk to you. And thanks for a few minutes here on the show.
2: Yeah, let's plan on talking in October. And you know, it's interesting uh, funneling this through the Reds, who are the you know the team I'm covering on a daily basis now. You know, I was scared to death when I went to the games here in uh, late June and they got swept. Yep, the Cubs did. But then you know everything came back to earth when uh, the Reds came to Wrigley recently. So that was an encouraging sign. And I you know I kind of I, I see the rest of the Central through how the Reds play them. And that's why I'm a little fearful of the Brewers and, um, you know, the cards of manhandle, the reds over the last few years. So I don't think they can count on the reds to do them any help. That's very true. very true. Very <laughs> true. Maybe, like you said, maybe if it was the beginning of the year, maybe we'd be telling a
0: different story, but, uh, not so much now. So, but listen, thanks again. Uh, again, always great to hear your voice and catch up and, uh, you, you are, you're always, uh, been so gracious with me over the years and i've always appreciated our friendship and everything that you've done so hopefully we can talk down the line and um have a great one thanks again gary
2: yeah let's hope we're still talking cubs on our mutual birthday
0: that's absolutely right absolutely (laughs) gary miller from wkrc in cincinnati gary thanks again
2: oh anytime
0: Eighth inning now here on the friendly confines and my thanks to Gary Miller. Always good to hear from, uh, absolutely love uh, getting Gary. Yeah. He's, he's such a a great guy and he's been nothing but kind to us. Uh, in, uh, for a long time, Chad, we were, we were as I, I was saying before we were young back then.
1: I remember, and, and we won't, we won't get too far off track, but I remember when Gary came in for uh, like a radio television week and was like kind of the keynote speaker and yep. he actually went up on a bar crawl with us. And at one point was playing barefoot beach volleyball with a whole bunch of us. And it was a thrill because that was, I mean, it's a legend at the time. And, and, and he is again, when I think about the, the golden years of ESPN, That's Gary, and he's out there now doing it in Cincinnati. I mean, exactly just out there crushing it.
0: Yep, you can follow Gary at Local12Gary on Twitter. Um, So let's move on to the eighth inning as the Cubs now have a five-game lead in the NL Central going into this week, leading the Milwaukee Brewers. Cardinals not far behind. So, Chad, the first part of this is do you feel a little more comfortable now that the Cubs are playing well that they have extended their lead to give them a little more breathing room going into this week?
1: Yeah, you know, we were talking before about magic number. We were talking about is that is it too early, is it not? And right now it's it's just it's really about that that uh that that difference in where they are and, and and where the Cubs are. And you're right, you know, the Cardinals were on an incredible tear the last couple of weeks. It's 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 dropped off a little bit. And what I've always said, I don't care how good your team's doing, if another team's winning nine out of every ten, it's going to be hard to keep pace with those guys. Well, the the, the cards have actually um, fallen off a little bit. Can we just say this for a second? The Reds have won the last three series against the Cardinals. What would the Reds' record be if they just played the Cubs and the Cardinals this this year? They would probably have a hundred. They'd be on pace for hundred wins. But that's that's a story for another time. Your question was, do I feel more comfortable? Yes, I absolutely do. Five games in September. Um, obviously, uh, uh, if anybody lays an egg, it's it's going to affect things going either way. But what I'm seeing is a Cubs team that's picking up right now and peaking, and two other teams that have got to be scoreboard watching right now. And every loss, every time the Cubs win and those other teams lose, that's two more games off the magic number. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, am I more comfortable?
0: Sure. I mean, any time you have a little bit more of a, of a, uh, be able to, you know, have some room for error if there is a a little bit of a drought going into this week. Um, That's always good. But, you know, again, the Cubs are going to be playing the Brewers quite a bit. They're going to be playing the Cardinals at the end of the year. So there is a possibility that, that, that lead can be trimmed very quickly this week alone uh, with the Cubs starting a series against the Brewers. So, you know, I, again, it's always great when you can extend a lead more and more and, and have that comfort level. But uh, as we've seen time and time again, is any lead safe uh, when it comes to uh, Major League Baseball? Because anything, as we know, can happen uh, when it comes down the stretch, right?
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, be thankful. And we've been in this situation. The Cubs have been in this situation. You Look at 2015, less so. I'm sorry, 2015, but less so in 16 and, and 17. Um, but just be thankful that the Cubs aren't in the Western right now. I mean, there's there's one game that is separating the Dodgers, Rockies, and Diamondbacks. Talk about I, I, you know, you don't give a lot of kudos for uh, Bud Selig, but what he did in expanding the wild cards and and uh, and making you know more teams relevant later in the year, and then whoever made the change to actually do the one game wild card play in. Um, this is exciting and this is exactly where you want to be. You don't want to have a situation where everything's locked up well ahead of time. This is good baseball. This is must-see TV. This is an exciting time right now. Absolutely exciting time. Yeah.
0: And sorry, I was just going to say, it's funny you bring that up because I, and we can talk about again, talk about another topic for another day, but just real quick that I never understand people who say I don't like the wild card and I don't like the one game playoff in my, in my, and right. It makes no sense because of my rebuttal to them every time you didn't have the one game playoff your season would be over anyway yeah. because people sit there and say well I, I have one game to get myself into the postseason i said well guess what before that one game you wouldn't have had a postseason yeah. you would have been sitting home and watching on tv yeah. at least your team now has a chance to move on and get to the world series whereas before that wasn't even the case so I never understand that. But again, that's another day. We can, we can set that up for another topic, but I'm glad you brought that yeah, up. And I, and I'm a strong believer.
1: I think you're, you're, you're dead on there. And, and the, the tweak they made just in Alaska, I'm glad that the home field advantage is no longer tied to the all-star game. And I'm also glad that they expanded to two wildcard teams, because, you know, if you make that, Hey, you could still win a world series that way. Um, and you can also go to the NLCS as the Cubs proved in 2015 um, but what I appreciate is it, it, it doesn't put them on equal footing with the division winner. You actually still have to throw it all out on the line and win one game, but here's the thing. The Cubs don't want to be in that situation. They want to win another division and face what looks to be at this point, the winner of a wild card game between the Cardinals and the Brewers. If everything stays as is. So let's move on to the ninth inning and let's look ahead. I keep saying this, and I said this before. What a pivotal, what's important time right now, 23 straight games without a day off. That's so vital when you think about breathers and rests and people being fresh. Now we're in the stretch run, and you said it just a second ago. They're going to face the Brewers for three games, and then they've got four games before they face the Brewers again for three more games. So in the next 10 games, the Brewers six times. Is this make-or-break time for both teams?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think these are the games that are really going to count down the stretch. I mean, look, would you have it any other way? Yeah. I mean, this is what's going to ultimately determine whether or not the, uh, the Cubs are going to win the division, I think. This is going to separate them or make it a closer um, you know, race than it could potentially be. Um, look, here's the thing that the Cubs have going for them. Their pitching is much better than Milwaukee. The Brewers have been struggling this year um, from a pitching standpoint. Their offense is what's been keeping them afloat this season, and they've been playing unbelievable. Now, I uh, I spoke to somebody who lives down here who's a very big Brewers fan who's extremely frustrated by the way that the front office really didn't is it, go out. Is it? Is
1: Kato Kalin Is yeah. Kato Kalin your neighbor? Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> it's
0: Kato Kaelin. That's right. It's Kato Kalin <laughs> Yes, that's right. He moved out of Brentwood. He <laughs> comes down to South Florida now. Uh, yeah. He now we had to talk about
1: a guy who, man, he is a real bitter Brewers fan. But follow uh, follow him. On, I'm sorry that I cut you off. Follow him on no, Twitter okay. if you're not on Twitter if you're not on following Cato Kalen. Talk about a guy that wears his Brewers heart. Oh, on his yeah. sleeve and that's hundred percent. That. So again, not Cato Kalin but a friend, but a friend who who just said hey, he was frustrated with with the front office
0: that they didn't really make uh, a lot of the moves that he was hoping they would make. You know, they missed out on kind of maybe the the big time players like the Manny Machados of the world yeah. when they could have had an opportunity or the Josh Donaldson's uh, they didn't really uh, step up in, in those situations. So, y- you know, again, I, I think that these are important games and I'm glad, like I said, I wouldn't have it any other way, Chad, because uh, the nationals, uh, you know, the Cubs have obviously played pretty well against them this yeah. year. And then, you know, they got the brewers obviously to start the week. And then they go right back to, you know, play in Milwaukee again. Um, you know, the brewers are, are in a good spot for themselves considering, they're at home, right? Yeah. So they got the Cubs at home. Then they got the Giants at home. And the Cardinals are on the road. They got the Nats to start on the road. And then they go to Detroit yeah. to play the Tigers, who the Cubs uh, played earlier in the last uh, couple of weeks. So everybody's kind of you know just figuring it out at this point to see who's going to have the most favorable schedule. But um, look, it's, it's going to come down to who's going to beat who. And if the yeah. Cubs beat Milwaukee, uh, then this is their title to, uh, to wrap up. And and that's as simple as it's going to be.
1: The, the beauty of, of the way baseball is set up, especially when we're in magic number time, if you look at the Cubs schedule and you say, you know what? Split against the Brewers, which means not losing any ground. I mean, I know the Cardinals are down there and they could lurk, but if you split against the Brewers, you're still five games up. And, and, uh, that's the beauty of it right now, being in the, in the driver's seat. But we're in the midst right now, 23 straight games for the Cubs. And, and right now, this, this pretty long um, road trip, the longest one left of the season. So you've got, uh, you've got uh, the seven games, as you talked about, Brewers, then the Nationals, and then back home for the Brewers, and then the Reds, who are probably going to uh, sweep the Cubs <laughs> the, the, right. that weekend, the 14, 15, 16. So uh, is it make or break time? No. Is it the stretch run? Yeah. And if the Cubs continue playing like they're playing, if they continue playing 600, 700 ball, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Again, unless somebody decides to win 20 straight games. Um, this is the time right now that if you are interested in tuning in to watch the Cubs Monday night, I cannot wait to see again. Staff ace Cole Hamels take on Zach Davies. In Miller Park. What a great start. So that's game one and the rest of the the lineup and the rotation is, is set up perfectly for Joe. All
0: right. That's going to put a bow on this edition of the Friendly Confines. Uh, as always Chad, always great to talk to you and uh, chat about uh, everything Cubs related. Uh, our thanks once again to Gary Miller for taking the time to join us here on the show. I know he's somebody we've wanted to have on this program and finally we were able yeah. to nab him. And uh, as Chad always likes to say and uh, Chad, you can add in as well Follow us on the friendly confines Facebook page. Uh, certainly we would love to get your feedback on that. Yeah. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter at the same handle, the friendly confines Cubs podcast. Uh, and uh, we are always open to your feedback in any form on social media uh, to hear what you guys have to say.
1: Yeah. And, and so true. yeah, so, so, so appreciate that. And then also wherever you're listening to this, there so a lot of people we found, uh, um, are listening to this on, on Apple podcasts, but whether you're listening to Stitcher on Spotify or wherever you're listening, please, if you like this podcast and you want to help us grow, please share this on your social media and let them know why you like it, because that's going to help us get into other people's ear holes. And, and obviously if you are listening, please make sure you subscribe, please make sure you give us a rating and a review. Uh, cause we want to come back stronger and stronger each, uh, each week, Ryan, take us home.
0: All right. For Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lever. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on the Friendly Confines.
1: See you at the ballpark, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just the game, for I've seen other teams, and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed
2: and you're afield. The first time you walk into Riggle.